Now I'm going to read a talk written and given by Clay Nelson in 2020. Curiosity may be harmful to cats, but how about to Unitarians? Being a curious sort, I wondered what the origin of Curiosity Killed the Cat was. The references from a Ben Johnson play, Every Man in His Humours. Only he said, care will kill a cat. In his use of care, he meant worry will kill a cat. The play is thought to have been performed in 1598 by the Lord Chamberlain's men, a troupe of actors including William Shakespeare. Shakespeare was no slouch when it came to appropriating a memorable line, and it crops up the following year in Much Ado About Nothing. What? Courage, man! What, what though care killed a cat? Thou hast metal enough in thee to kill care. The proverbial expression curiosity killed the cat, which is usually used when attempting to stop someone asking unwanted questions, is much more recent. The earlier form was still in use in 1898 when it was defined in Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable. Care killed the cat. It is said that a cat has nine lives, but care would wear them all out. Curiosity hasn't received a good press over the centuries. Saint Augustine wrote in Confessions in 397 that in the eons before creating heaven and earth, God fashioned hell for the inquisitive. <laughs> I like that. John Clark in Paroemiologia, published in 1639, suggested that he that prieth into every cloud may be struck with a thunderbolt. <laughs> In Don Juan, Lord Byron called curiosity that low vice. That bad opinion and the fact that cats are notoriously inquisitive led to the source of their demise being changed from care to curiosity. Michael I'm not sure how to spell it, I say that. Foucault, in his book, Foucault? Yeah, the masked philosopher defends the cat. Curiosity is a vice that has been stigmatized in turn by Christianity, by philosophy, and even by a certain conception of science. Curiosity is seen as futility. The word, however, pleases me. To me, it suggests something altogether different. It evokes concern. It evokes the care one takes for what exists and could exist. A readiness to find strange and singular what surrounds us. A certain relentlessness to break up our familiarities and to regard otherwise the same things. A fervor to grasp what is happening and what passes a casualness in regard to the traditional hierarchies of the important and the essential. This is still Michael Foucault. I dream of a new age of curiosity. We have the We have the technical means for it. The desire is there. The things to be known are infinite. The people who can employ themselves at this task exist. Why do we suffer? There's no point in adopting a protectionist attitude to prevent bad information 
from invading and suffocating the good. Rather, we must multiply the paths and the possibility of comings and goings. Now back to Clay. The frequent rejoinder to curiosity killed the cat is, and satisfaction brought it back. I've not been able to trace the source of this odd reply. The first citation of it that I've found in print is from an Iowan college magazine in February 1933. However, it's a clever response in that curiosity lights up several parts of the brain in an MRI scan. And satisfying that curiosity lights up the same part of the hypothalamus as just having had good sex. <laughs> wow, no wonder Unitarianism is a curious faith. <laughs> Albert Einstein once observed that it's a miracle that curiosity survives formal education. Hopefully not now. Leanne McElroy's poem, The Tree of Knowledge, shows us that it doesn't have to be this way. And this is her poem. I noticed that most of my students were gazing longingly out the window on an unusually beautiful Southern California morning. I paused in my lecture to discover that they were collectively noticing the unusual fruit exploding on the tree just outside our window. What kind of fruit is that? They wondered with more curiosity than they had ever shown for Plato or Rousseau. So I told them about the pomegranate, how according to the Quran, it filled the gardens of paradise, how its image had at once adorned the temples of Solomon, how it doomed Persephone to Hades, how it symbolizes prosperity and fertility in Hinduism, how it came here to us from the Iranian plateaus to Turkey, across the Mediterranean and transported across the oceans by the Spanish conquistadors, how the city of Kandahar, now bombed and ravaged, was once reputed to have the finest pomegranates in the world. I told them that this was my favorite tree and then we all went outside for a moment to marvel at this tree. Just staring for a moment while the wind blew. The wind blew across our faces, a tender caress across the ages. And then the moment was gone. The next day I walked into class and someone anonymously had placed a single pomegranate on my desk at the front of the class an altar before 30 students, all newly baptised, the red stain of pomegranate seeds outlining their smiles. Isn't that beautiful? Just as an aside, I have planted a pomegranate tree and am ever hopeful it might fruit because it's quite rare to fruit in Auckland and it's grown beautifully strong and it's a, it's an, un, I mean, I didn't even know what I was planting. I didn't know it was deciduous. I didn't know it had prickles. And it's got, it's beautiful. It's got a little wee leaf and it's like a, I'm watching it with great pleasure. Curiosity.
curiosity frees us to seek truth and meaning, like memorising timetables and diagramming sentences never could. Einstein knew that our capacity for lifelong curiosity is unique among mammals, including cats. Other animals might be innately curious while they're young, but humans have the capacity to stay curious our whole lives. I used to be a dairy farmer, and I can tell you now, cows are incredibly curious animals. Not just the young ones. The older cows in the paddock, the minute that they see humans, they all come over and want to know exactly what you're doing. And in the evening, my ex and I used to stroll through the paddocks, just in the lovely um, twilight, sun going down, and the cows are grazing, they're happy, and we would walk through and admire our herd, and they all used to come and follow us, like trot, 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 behind us. And one of them fell in, I, I'm not joking, he actually fell in love, she fell in love with my husband. She was an ex-pet, and she, you know, big, big cow, and she'd follow behind him, and we'd be beside each other, and she would nose me out of the way. <laughs> Very gently, with her huge great head, he's mine. <laughs> Cows are amazing creatures, as well as cats. Back to the story. That natural curiosity leads us to explore, even if we didn't know why or what for. To simply explore and to try and, and to test and to learn for our own sake. We can't always predict what we're going to need to know in the future, so we look far and wide and we store it for later. While we never lose it completely, there is our, a way our natural, childlike curiosity gets curtailed as we grow up. We absorb a whole host of messages about how we're supposed to be and think and what we're supposed to do. We don't even always notice the sight-limiting blinders we acquire over time. Don't even notice the range of topics we've lost interest in. Or the number of things we think we fully understand that we've ceased to question or wonder much about. By the time we're adults, we've learned a particular set of viewpoints from the people around us or experiences we've had, and we're frequently inclined to just stick with that. Another aside, this has reminded me, I had my son and his children around for lunch the other day. I don't know how, but my son's quite right wing. And we were talking about the um, Maori Health Authority, and my granddaughter of 15 years spouted up how divisive and racist this is. And so Yoss and I gave her just another opinion, and she went, oh, I could see her mind clicking, thinking, yes, there's curiosity in there. So I'm quite chuffed about that. <laughs> Got to spend a little bit more time with them, get that curiosity clock going. Beck, our curiosity may be inherent, but often gets sidelined. We may never lose it, but it's not what it was. And in our society these days, the model is one of have an opinion, voice it with conviction, and then voice it again, and maybe again and again. 
In that environment, leading with curiosity, exploring questions, wondering if maybe we don't know as much as we think we do, this kind of attitude can feel out of step, especially in politics. But to be curious, genuinely curious, we have to let go of certainty, let go of conviction, let go of the ways we've always perceived things, or how others do things, or the way things have just always been. And that takes courage. UU Minister Victoria Safford speaks of the courage to be curious, using the metaphor of perception and sight. She writes, to see, simply to look and to see, is an ethical act an intentional choice. To see with open eyes is a spiritual practice and thus a risk. For it can open you to ways of knowing the world and loving it that will lead to inevitable consequences. The awakened eye is a conscious eye, a willful eye and brave because to see things as they are, each in its own truth will make you very vulnerable. In reflecting on her words, the Reverend Scott Taylor has an epiphany. Consequences. I'm not sure I've ever thought of curiosity in terms of consequences. But I think Safford's got it right. There is a type of curiosity that is about enjoyment and adventure. It invites us to experience life as a playground. But there's another type of curiosity that leads to consequences, that changes us. This type of curiosity is about more than enjoyment. Indeed, it's the kind that drives us past enjoyment and comfort. It's not about enriching oneself, it's about altering oneself. Clay says, let me offer an example. Jen Pichichi observes how curiosity can make us kinder and gentler, less judgmental. She shares this anecdote. This is Jen. Something clicked. Curiosity is the key to letting go of judgment as well. I became even more certain of this about a month ago. I'd taken my daughter to story time at the library. As we left the circle, I noticed one mum, a woman who had two children with her, was not engaged with her kids at all. In fact, she was sitting at a table turned away from the group playing with her phone. I saw this as a perfect opportunity to test out my new theory that curiosity would help me let go of judgment. My old thought would have been, huh, look at her. She's not even paying attention to her kids. What's so important on her phone that she has to look at it right this second? But this time, I consciously shifted the direction of my thoughts, <clears throat> trying to be curious about her actions, rather than making assumptions about them. Could she be waiting for a really important email from a family member or friend? Is she using her phone to search for a new job? There's something so freeing about giving a person the benefit of the doubt and coming up with possible reasons for their behaviour that go beyond the obvious. 
it feels so good to operate this way. And back to clay, this is the type of curiosity we Unitarian Universalists have fallen in love with. One might say, put our faith in. We don't want curiosity, curiosity, curiosity to be just fun or interesting. We want it to make us anew. In other words, the message of our faith is not simply be curious, it's be curious until there are consequences. It's fine to be inquisitive for the fun of it, but at another level, we're called to remember that curiosity is not a game. Well, maybe it's the greatest game, the one that drives us constantly to become more for our sakes and for the sake of others. One last thing, in case you're curious, no cats were harmed in the preparation of the sermon. So thank you, Clay, for this lovely talk. I really, I really enjoyed reading it, finding it, um, thinking about it, and giving it. closing words are, if here you've found freedom, take it with you into the world. If you've found comfort, go and share it with others. If you've dreamed dreams, help one another that they may come true. If you've known love, give some back to a bruised and hurting world. Go in peace. We're going to form small discussion groups and the question is what makes what piques your curiosity and share it with others because I'm quite curious as to what you're curious about. <laughs>